Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Alistair. Pastor Alistair is the founder of Jesus Christ Ministry International Church with multiple branches in South Africa. He's an evangelist with an outreach ministry called Jesus Saviour of the World, bringing healing and deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Jesus Christ Ministry International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel to receive messages every week. Now let's listen to Pastor Alistair. That speaks to you to decipher and to determine if it's him. Oh, you have to you have to have some experience with God to to know that God is speaking in that moment. If you don't have experience with God, you'll take God's voice as your own voice. And that's one of the dangerous things that believers do. You take God's voice as your own voice. So you have to have some form of intimacy and experience with God to, to know that this voice sounds familiar. I remember when I was, in a, I was in a hole and there was no way coming out and this voice spoke to me. It's the same voice that I'm hearing that's telling me to do this. Here. So there has to be some form of history for you to actually know that it's the voice of God. If you're a new believer and you come and you say, I heard the voice of God, how do you know it's the voice of God? Oh, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. How do you know it's the voice of God? You haven't been with God so long to know his voice. Yes, how are you going to know my voice? You haven't been with me for too long. I can stand behind the wall and I can say, hello. How are you going to determine if it's my voice or not? You haven't been with me for too long to know that I was the one that is speaking. So that's why Samuel, he had not been with the Lord. So he needed somebody to help him recognize the voice of God until he was at a certain extent where he could identify that this is God's voice. So when God spoke to him, that voice was a stranger to him because he had not heard it before. And he went to Eli. He said, Eli, because it sounded like similar to Eli. Eli, did you call me? I'm confused. He says, no, I never called you. He goes back again. He hears the voice a second time. He's like, hey, this looks like it's, hey, Eli is worrying me now, man. So he thought it was Eli's voice. He went back to Eli. Eli, did you come here? Eli said, no. And the scripture says that Eli perceived that it was the Lord calling the young man. Samuel couldn't perceive that this was the voice of God. He thought it was Eli's voice. That's why he ran to Eli. Or maybe he was hearing things. Only until he got to have some history with God. I feel like this is deep. <laughs> Only until you got to have some history with God, some intimacy with God, where you were praying and God was speaking to you, then he could boldly have confidence and say, God said. And he became a prophet and God started to speak to him from that one occasion where he now had history with God. So now when God says, go anoint David, he knows this voice. Ah, this is not my voice here. Yeah. This is God telling me because I remember when I was a young boy, and I didn't know the voice of God. And, and he called me. This is the same voice I'm hearing. Let me go anoint David. Because God's voice doesn't change when he speaks to you. It can't change because that's the voice you're familiar with. Imagine God's voice is one day. And then one day, hello, how are you doing? No, no. He can't change his voice because then you'll be confused and like, hey, is this God? Or, I must be Satan. Satan, the Lord rebukes you. You understand? Because one time it's, and then, hello, how are you doing? 
You understand what I'm saying? That even I can be stunned as a, as a parent, but you'll know that it's coming from my voice. Yeah. Yes, because my voice hasn't. Hey, Elijah, I told you. Hey, my boy, how you doing? It's my voice. It's my voice, you'll know. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? That's when it comes to things. So most of us make decisions that most, and hey, very dangerous. We make decisions and we do certain things in life without actually hearing the voice of God. And there's one voice that's going to be in conflict with the voice of God. It's your own voice. Because your voice is backed up with emotions. Let me use this mic. So your voice is backed up with lots of emotions. Just with the gain, right? So you can understand that your voice, I'm going to say it again, your voice is backed up with a lot of emotions behind it. Yes. So you get confused to thinking that, ah, this might be the voice of God. But actually it's not the voice of God. It's backed up with how you are feeling in that moment. Like for example, when, when, when people leave church, for example, or they leave a church, most of the times you would hear some of them say, the spirit of the Lord told me. Yes, the spirit of God told me to leave and stuff. There's no such. And I'm going to say to you, there's no such. If you really look at it, if you really search within yourself, it's not the spirit of God told you. It's how you're feeling in that moment that either that the church where the season that the church is in or what's happening in the church is not fitting with your growth. So you decided, hey, I need to leave. Yes. Because the Spirit of God has a lot of endurance. <laughs> Can I say that again? The Spirit of God has a lot of endurance. We call it long-suffering. If you suffer for a while and you think you need to abandon ship, and you say, the Lord said, I get worried with what you are hearing. But who are we now? <laughs> who are we to say that Cassidy never heard the voice of God? I can't say she never heard the voice of God. If she said the Lord spoke to her, she knows the voice of God. I'm like, hey, let me not rise up against what she's saying. Just in case the Lord spoke to her. But from experience, I know that that couldn't be God, but she's saying the Lord said. And I always say to people, I say, if the Lord said it, wherever you go, you'll see fruits of growth. If you don't see fruits of growth, remember, you're always welcome back. Yes. So what, what am I doing? I know they are making a decision, not hearing, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Here. I know they're making a decision, not hearing the voice of God. But in that moment, I had to let them go so that they can learn that that which they heard wasn't God. It was their own voice. Oh, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes, it was their own voice and not the voice of God. Oh, because I'm telling you, the God we serve, he is long-suffering. He'll allow you to endure some stuff, Keisha. Please, I think in my bag in the office, my face towel, please, thanks so much. He'll allow you to endure some stuff. Yes. And, and, Sister Sandy? Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> why, what happened? All right, cool, 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 cool. So, he'll make you, you know, you'll go and you, the Bible says, 
those that say on judgment day, that say the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, ah, when did I say it? Yes, when did I say it? So it's a fine line. Extreme fine line. And if you, if you, you play, you play with God, I'm telling you, you go in circles like the children of Israel, a journey that was supposed to take them a couple of days, took them 40 years. Your life will be, ah, I tell you something. It's a serious thing. The voice of God is so serious because you'll jump into things, make decisions and not hear God. Even, I'm telling you, even to hear the voice of God in who you're going to marry for those that are single. You don't know how important it is. Yes, but your voice is backed up with your emotions. Yes. Most of the time, absolutely most of the time, most of us, even when it comes to relationships, you don't go to God and say, God, what's on your mind? What are you saying about this? I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were saying to me that... um, I don't know, I was talking to a pastor and stuff, uh, Pastor Kerry that I was marrying, is that it's difficult to marry somebody that's a pastor, right? And the pastor said, I'll never, I'll never marry a pastor. I, I, I will never marry a pastor. That's what they said. Yeah, that's what you won't do. And that's okay. You don't have to do it. It's fine. But what is the voice of God and what is God saying? Oh, I don't know if you're understanding what I'm trying to say. What is God saying? What is the voice of God? So, even though you don't want to, because I realize that most of the times in my life, the voice of God will go contrary to what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time. I want to go left, the voice of God is saying, no, go right. I want to jump, he says, no, sit. <laughs> I want to run, he says, no, walk. I want to scream. He says, no, keep quiet. How do you determine when is your season to scream or to keep quiet? It's the voice of God. David calls it the lovely voice of God. How do you know it's your time to work or to withhold from working? It's the voice of God. Nobody can come and say, hey, I've been working so much, so much. It's not my time to relax. It's the voice of God. Did God tell you to relax? Hey, I've been doing this, I've been doing that. Because the reward for hard work is more hard work. So how do you know? <laughs> how do you know <laughs> that in that moment you must relax and God say, because if the hard work and the reward for more, the reward for hard work is more hard work, don't you know that your blessing comes when you work more and not when you relax? Now look at, oh, I'm talking to some people, I'm telling you. The scripture says that when it was time for kings to go to war, it was time for them to battle. David stayed at home. What, what, what was the time for the season was for kings to go and fight? David stayed at home. And that caused his problem. That was his problem. That's when he was on the rooftop and he saw Bathsheba party naked. And that's when he sinned and that's when he killed Uriah. That's the fall of David. Psalm chapter 51. Oh Lord, cleanse me. He wasn't supposed to be at home. It wasn't his season to relax. You were supposed to go to war. So how are you going to know? It's the lovely voice of God. Hey, I tell you something. Now you must understand. 
<laughs> you must understand something to call it that God is not like us. God is spirit. God is spirit. He's spiritual, I wanted to say. Spirit. God is spiritual. So, your human mind. Hey, somebody, I'm preaching, I tell you. Your human mind will not be able to understand spiritual concepts and spiritual things. It makes no sense to the human mind. But that which makes no sense to the human mind affects the natural realm. Yes. So what am I trying to say to you? The spirit makes no sense to the human mind. The, the Bible says uh, the spirit cannot understand, the flesh cannot understand spiritual things in Corinthians, I think it is. It's, it's carnal. The carnal mind cannot understand the things of the spirit because they are fleshly. That's what I'm trying to say. However, though, it's that thing that doesn't make sense which is spiritual to your natural parts of you. But it has much of effect into the natural realm. So that which makes no sense makes sense in the natural. Yes. Because the spiritual things have no, there's no sense to it. How you can just be, hey, have a row, shatter, Amanda, lay, but it's, a, it's causing some kind of effect in the natural realm. That which is making no sense has much effect in the, the realm that makes sense. But when people understand, ah, this is not making sense. So the only way that you are only going to understand and develop this, this, this relationship with God or to understand the mysteries of God or to understand the voice of God is when you access the, the realm that makes no sense. Yes, you have to access the realm that people don't access all the time. That people look at it and say, ah, this thing is too much. When you come into a place, Helei Havaru Satea, Libra Akata. Why is she praying? Yeah, I'm accessing a realm that makes no sense, but watch, give it a few minutes, it's going to make sense. Yes. Uh, somebody, I hope you get what I'm trying to say. When you want something from God, access the nonsense realm. <laughs> the nonsense realm. And what would happen? The no, no, no sense realm would start to make sense in the natural. The problem is that we are not accessing the no sense realm. Because the no sense realm is where God speaks to us, not in the sense realm. Because God is spirit, he can't speak to Oh, Jesus. He can't speak to us in the realm that makes sense. Because it's difficult for the realm to make sense to understand the no sense realm. You see, I'm speaking in like parables and stuff. It's difficult for, to, us, for to us to understand it. So we have to access, go into the no sense realm. So when Pastor Ramon got into the house, the lady looked demon-possessed. I'm coming back now, wait. Brother, come, let's go. Let's access the no-sense realm. And let the no-sense realm bring about peace in this house. And they went and they prayed. When you pray, you, <laughs> you access a, a, a realm or a dimension that doesn't make sense. Oh, I wish somebody is hearing me today. Or when you're feeling down and disencouraged and you're feeling overwhelmed, what? Go into the no sense realm. 
Yes, and you'll see very quickly that no sense realm will start making sense in your natural realm. Yes. I remember I was quoting somebody years ago, and she didn't like me. Because I would always access the no sense realm, and, and the no sense realm will expose the sense realm. Yes. I said, I saw you in the spirit. You were at work and you were sitting on a boy's lap. This is someone I was quoting. You were at work and you were sitting on a boy's lap and you were flirting with this person. Ah, she started to cry. Yeah, she started to cry because I, I started to pray. Because I used to pray for her. Hele habarusa there. And I mentioned her name. And the Lord will show me a vision of what she's doing. And I call her and I say, This is this is and she cries. She says, I don't want to serve God. I don't want you around me because why God doesn't give me an opportunity to tell you? Why did he tell you? Ah, I, I wish she would testify, I tell you. She used to get upset. I, I, I see, and I told her the complexion of the person. Yes, and then later I found a photo of them together. Ah, it was a no-sense realm. How the, Yazaki it started to make sense. And this is what I'm talking about. When you're worried about somebody, don't stress too much. Just take them into the no-sense realm. Because they don't understand what you're doing. Take them there. Say, I, I call this person's name in the no-sense realm. And you mention their name before God. Hey, I tell you something. Soon they will expose themselves. Because it's the no-sense realm that does that. The realm of the spirit, it's a realm that has effect in the natural. It's a realm that has power in the natural. Hey, people at work are warning you. Hey, habarosa day. Libra adaya lavosha day. Maybe you got a bad manager. Hey, hasiyalada. Eliyara zumbra handi. And you mention your manager's name. I tell you something, it will start to, you'll start to see the effect of the natural. Our problem is, our main problem is this, thank you Holy Ghost, is that we don't access the no sense realm often enough. We don't. That's our main problem. <laughs> How is God going to have weight and dominion in your life if you don't access him often enough? You know why, at Genesis, I think I spoke to you. You know why our emotions control us? Because we are in the realm of sins. When somebody hurts you, the first thing to do is to pay them back. When somebody hurts you, the first thing is to go and complain, is to go say this about that person, or to do something in the natural realm. That's the first thing. Or it makes common sense that when you are hurt, you must cry. When you are hurt, the enemy does, you know, when your emotions are in control, the enemy does one of the most powerful things. He isolates you. Be careful when you are hurt, never to be isolated. The enemy isolates you. When he isolates you, and sometimes you think that the isolation is good. It's not good. It's the enemy isolating you. So you can be more depressed. So you can be suicidal. 
So you can have, he isolates you, he separates you, he cuts you off from everybody and you think you're doing yourself a good fight. You say, I just want to be alone. But that's the work of the enemy causing you to be alone. So he can isolate you and fill you with negative thoughts. He isolates you so to trap you, to keep you bound. Nobody loves me, nobody cares, nobody's interested. Yeah, they like this, they, he isolated you. So that he can fill you. The only time when God wants to isolate you is to be in his presence. If you're isolated and you're not in his presence and you're depressed, then that isolation can't be from God. It's the enemy that sets you up that you don't know what's a setup. I hope I'm teaching to, I hope I'm teaching. So make sure that when you feel overwhelmed, don't isolate yourself. Be in the presence of God. Be with God's people. Be in the house of God. Pray, fast, seek the Lord. Because that isolation can destroy you. Elijah was isolated. It only took the spirit of God to bring him out of isolation. When, Jezebel, when, he, sent, when he destroyed the prophets of Baal on the mountain, Jezebel sent a message to him. He says, what you did to my prophets, I'm going to do to you the same time tomorrow. Elijah ran into a cave by himself. He started feeling depressed, started feeling down. So the scripture says that he was in there and the voice of the Lord came like a thunder, a wind, a, a lightning. I don't remember the three things that the voice of God came in as. And God wasn't in the wind, he wasn't in the noise, he wasn't, he wasn't in the thunder, but he was in the still small voice. And Elijah said to the Lord, I'm the only prophet that is around. But God said, come on Elijah, what you mean you're the only prophet around? There's like 400 prophets that have been reserved. 40 or 400 prophets. So Elijah in his isolation, when he was going through it, he felt like he was the only one that was going through it and nobody was around to care for him enough. Nobody was around to help him. He felt like it's so much. He said, Lord, take me out of this earth. So you can even imagine that Elijah wanted it's like he was suicidal. He was suicidal in there because Jezebel sent him a message. If you don't sort yourself out, I'm going to do the same thing what you did to them. So he went into the cave isolated. He says, Lord, take me. So suicidal thoughts entered in him. He says, I'm better off dead. Because where I am, the place that I'm at now, it's too much of a depression. I'm the only one. Have you ever felt like you're the only one going through stuff? You're the only one faced with this challenge. Charlie, you are not the only one. Don't let the devil lie to you. The devil will lie to you. That say, you're the only one that's feeling heartbroken. No, I can show you 10 other people that have been heartbroken as well. Ah, you're the only one that is going to... No, there's many. You're the only one that the person slipped with and then he left you for somebody else. No, let me tell you, there's more. Are you with me? You're the only one they lied about. No, there's a lot of people that lied about them. You're the only one they accused. No, there's plenty other people that have been accused. But the enemy brought you in isolation to make you feel like you're the only one. You're the only one suffering with addiction. Ah, don't let the devil lie to you. You're not the only one. There's other people that are suffering with addiction as well. So the enemy brings you into a place of isolation. And the only thing I want to tell you now, the only thing that was able to take Elijah out of isolation was the lovely voice of God. The Bible says God was not in the earthquake, he was not in the wind, but he was in that still small voice. 
And that was the voice that took him out and said to him, go now and anoint Elisha. For he's going to take over after you. That voice of God. I don't know if you understand how important that voice is. To know that voice for your life. Oh, la varia subaranda lama. Come on, pray, pray, pray for a minute. Hele havaro shadea. Libra hazia varo. Hinka paranda. Eli kasubra adea la varea. Zande la pandu sabrahali. Imbrahandu sabrahalea. Ravaro shikatakatea. Le brahanda la dusa brahanda. Lord, take your children out through your voice. I sense the spirit of God and the anointing of the Lord. Arey, la zobra handa lia, rakusa brahadia, rakide katuva radusa brahada. Eh, your voice, oh God. May we know it, may we hear it. Eh, davadosa brahataya. Hallelujah. So it's the voice of God that pulled him out. Let me see my time. It's the voice of God that pulled him out. And it's the voice of God that's going to pull you out as well tonight. The lovely voice of God. Some of you are in situations now. And you're saying, God, I need you to come through for me. It's his lovely voice. It's his lovely voice. The, some, the challenge sometimes for most of us is that God speaks to us in different ways. He speaks to us through his word. He spe- but when you hear his voice, the best thing that you can do for your life, I'm telling you now, the best thing that you can do for your life, the best thing, if there's nothing important that I ever tell you in this lifetime, but the best thing that you can do for yourself, for your family, and for you, is that when the Lord speaks to you, you listen and you obey. It's for your benefit. It's for your benefit. What does it do to God if you listen and obey? What is the taking of God if you listen and obey? Nothing. His voice is for you to listen and obey. That's why we all, we're too overwhelmed. We're too overwhelmed with life and issues and our flesh. Tomorrow we're praying for two hours. Every Monday we pray for two hours. We must come. Two hours we pray. Yeah. Only thing that's going to help you in this life is the spiritual side of you. That's why when, I, when you come to church, you hear me preach. And sometimes I'll talk about the flesh so that you can, the flesh in you can die. I'll talk about the things of this world so that the things of the world in you can die. But the most important thing that when, I, when we come to church is God is interested in that spiritual side of you. You see, like what Pastor Ramon and uh, Brother Charles said was very spiritual. I wish we could have at least 10 or 15 people that can do the exact same thing. You understand? And a kazo, and then go. That's a marvelous thing. And they use what we call as biazo. They use force. And they want a shame, anadia. That's what they use. And Akazo, they went to compel them. And they realized that, ah, compelling them is not enough. Let's go use force and let's not be ashamed. And they went to upper six in the morning. Let's call Anadia. 
I said, no, no, I'm waiting. I'll get you clothes. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm coming for you. He walked with them to church. I saw, first I saw Pastor Ramon walking with Carmen. And she didn't want to come. She gave all forms of excuses. Why not? But he brought her. Somebody that, somebody that practices anakazo doesn't take no for an answer. <laughs> it's like when somebody tells you no, no, okay, not, oh, okay, God bless you, next time. No, 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 I'm not taking that no. Huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll go, I'll go with you. <laughs> we don't take no for an answer. That's anakazo, that's, that's how you do it. You know why you do it in such a way? Because the soul of that person is important, Samantha. Is that if that person doesn't receive Christ, that person could go to hell. So that's why you use force. You're too polite when it comes to the gospel. Oh, I don't want to offend you and stuff. Get spiritual, man. Hallelujah. So that's what I'm saying to you. We are so carnal. We are fighting our battles in the flesh. But we are not accessing the spirit. Even me too, sometimes I'm to blame. I also sometimes fight my battles in the flesh. I sometimes send messages I'm not supposed to be sending. Make calls I'm not supposed to be making. You're fighting these battles in the flesh and stuff. So sometimes you just need to relax and let God do what he needs to do. And just become spiritual and focus on your spirituality. And whatever God wants to do, God will do it. If he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't want to do it. But as for you, you're not fighting nothing in the flesh anymore. You're becoming spiritual. Actually, you're not even fighting anymore. <laughs> I don't even want to fight in the spirit. I've never ever felt like... Yeah, if I don't want to fight in the natural, then also I definitely don't want to fight in the spirit. Yes, I'm just, I want to be spiritual, but I'm not going to fight. Yeah. Oh, there's certain times you must fight. There's certain things you must go into warfare for. Oh, but some of us have sweated and cried and, and I tell you, we, hey, we lost weight in the process of fighting over things that God said don't fight. And you're looking at yourself and you're like, yo, I lost so much weight. I sweated so much. I woke up in the middle of the night for battles that I wasn't supposed to even fight. Hey, yo, 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 yo. Battles you weren't supposed to fight. Just walk away and let God do whatever he needs. You don't even want to know, God, I don't even need to know what you're going to do. But if whatever you want to do, just do it. <laughs> you understand? Whatever you're going to do, just, I don't need to know it. When it happens, I'll know that it was you. You understand? Like, for example, Pastor Ramon, even they, I'm using him for example, they didn't even fight to go into the house. That house nobody would go into. Like, I'm not going to stress myself. All I'm going to do is just knock on this door. Somebody's going to open. Whoever's there, they're going to make a plan and open this door, and I'm going to come in. I'm not going to, like, I don't worry. They're going to, they're going to open. Knock, knock, knock. Open the door. Oh, yeah, come in. Yes. Definitely. Genesis on my hand. God wants to take you to a dimension in the spirit in him. So much. Uh, I don't even know how to I don't even know how to put it. But it's like I saw you out of yours. Like, it was like you were out of your body and you were in another realm. And that's where God wants to take you because that's the place of your peace. How old are you now? 18. That's the place of your peace, my daughter. I'm telling you. It's there. 
That's a place of your peace, Cassidy. That's a place of your peace, uh, uh, brother. I'm saying Ramon, uh, brother Ricardo. <laughs> it's a place of your peace, or or <laughs> it's a place of your peace. It's a place of where everything makes sense. The reason why things are not making sense now is because you're in the wrong realm. Get in, get there, get there, get there, get there. It'll make sense. It'll, it'll be your, your picture will become clearer. It'll become much more clearer for you. But you gotta get there. Stop fighting it. Stop resisting it. It's for your benefit. I was gonna talk to you about catching the anointing today. Ah, I tell you, I don't know when we're gonna get to this and stuff. To so catch the anointing. To so catch it, but you have to hear the voice of God. The voice of God is so important. I feel like some of your ears are popping open. Yes, in the spirit. Your ears that have been close to his voice. It's like a year in the spirit. Your ears are opening. <laughs> 